how are you now? <laughs> how are you now? Folks, your Montreal Canadiens defeat the Arizona Coyotes, the lowly Arizona Coyotes, 6-2. to two. Hello and welcome to episode 5 of the Bottom 6 Minutes podcast presented by Habs Eyes and the Prize. I am Matt Drake and I had an incredible amount of fun watching that game. Um, folks, we know the Montreal Canadiens are probably in for a rough season, but they are 3-2 and two to start the year. So we can't get too ahead, far ahead of ourselves and say, all right, well, we're going to make the playoffs because we all know how unlikely that is. But at the same time, you know, the whole tank and try to get the best shot possible at Bedard, that's going to be tough when you got the Coyotes that you're going up against because they got manhandled by the Montreal Canadiens. The, the Montreal Canadiens did to them what the Leafs should have done to them uh, a couple of nights ago. And man, it was, it, you know, it was a lot of fun. And I think that we got to take the fun where and when we can this season. And that was a heck of a fun game to watch if you're a Montreal Canadiens fan. What happened? I mean, folks, they were right out of the gate all over them from pillar to post. Uh, they whipped them, and it started with a really good first period. Fantastic start for the Habs. Uh, maybe the se- I think it was the second shot of the game. It was a weird bouncing puck uh, around in front of the net. Jonathan Drouin was like down in the crease, and Josh Anderson bangs it home on the backhand, makes it one nothing. Shortly after that, really not long after that, maybe a minute, maybe two, turnover by the Coyotes. Coyotes, Jesus, I can't even speak properly. Turnover by the Coyotes. It hits, hits one of their D-men in the skate and goes directly to Cole Caulfield. That is the last guy that you want to turn the puck over to in the offensive zone with space. He snipes it short side. Two to nothing. 36 goals to go. The countdown continues. We keep going. The Habs keep rolling in that first period. Brendan Gallagher. A uh, little close to offside on the zone entry. Uh, he was crisscrossing there. I think... Was it with Monaghan? It doesn't matter. He was crisscrossing at the blue line, close to offside, but he stays onside. Goes in, does his own Cole Caulfield impression. Snipes far side towards the post, nice and low. In, three to nothing for the Montreal Canadiens at the end of one. And towards the end of that first period, we were treated to a heck of a display from a certain sheriff. There's a new sheriff in town, folks. Arbor Jackeye beat the absolute fucking brakes off of Zach Cassian. <laughs> oh my god, he ragdolled him. Cassian at first didn't seem like he wanted any part of it. He was kind of backing away. Jack Guy chased him down, punched him in the face a couple of times, and then I, I don't know if his, his hand was getting sore or what, but he just kind of grabbed him, ragdolled him around, and then hyped up the crowd. Let's fucking go. Throwing his arms up in the air. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? I think everybody's entertained. I think there's not a single good goddamn person on this earth that's not entertained by what this guy's bringing night in and night out. Don't forget me talking about that because I'm going to talk about it again when I get to the end of the recap. Now, we got to move into the second period, right? About midway through the second period, we get a very special moment for the Montreal Canadiens. Uri Slavkovsky gets a turnover in the offensive zone after taking a high hit from Josh Brown. He looked a little bit pissed off about that. Takes the high hit, ends up getting the turnover, circles around in the zone, wheels it, snipes. Sellies. First NHL goal for Uri Slavkovsky, and he celebrates by pounding the Montreal Canadiens logo on his chest. This guy's hyped up. 
to be in the NHL. He's hyped up to be a Montreal Canadian, and this is just the beginning for him. Great game. Great first goal. Uh, hope he saved that puck. Hope he gets to put it in a nice display case and uh, hold on to that for the rest of his life. Uh, I know I would if I was him. Anyways, we're up 4 nothing at that point on the goal by Uriah Slavkovsky. <clears throat> and we're not done. We're still not done. I'm losing my voice again as I do this. That's how good of a game this was. I'm losing my voice. <laughs> Caden Gooley gets an absolute horseshit penalty. Um, they, they called him for holding... But it was absolutely not that. He just kind of shouldered the guy and out-muscled him. I forget who it was, but uh, bullshit penalty. Anyways, Habs with an excellent penalty kill. Nick Suzuki gets loose on a breakaway, gets tripped up, gets a penalty shot, and he does a fucking Datsuk. Comes in, cuts from side to side, so he's cutting like towards, almost like he's going to go to his backhand, but instead he keeps it on the forehand and just flicks it. Like not even any velocity on it. It's it's the Datsuk move. It, it was incredible. He skated over to the bench like he was disgusted with himself, as he should be. That move was absolutely filthy. And it's 5 nothing for the Montreal Canadiens at the end of two periods. We're feeling pretty goddamn good about ourselves at that point. This is the best game they've played all year. Uh, the most complete, dominant game anyways. Of course, it's coming against a bottom feeder, but uh, you, you take them where you can get them when you're the Montreal Canadiens right now. Now, the Yotes, they push back a little bit in the third period. Um, about seven minutes into the third, J.J. Moser gets a point shot through traffic. That one gets through and makes it 5-1. to one. Uh, Odd man rush a couple of minutes later. Lawson Krause throws it out front to Travis Boyd on the doorstep. He pounds that one in. He's in super tight in the crease there. Pretty hard for Jake Allen to make a save. That makes it 5-2. to two. But that's all they could get. Sean Monaghan added an empty netter to make it 6-2 to two the final. And your Montreal Canadiens improved to 3-2 and two on the season. What a game. What a game from this team. Um, again, I, I know it's coming against a team that's probably the front runner at this point for the pole position in that draft lottery. But uh, again, at the end of the day, you take them where you can get them. Montreal Canadiens, this is one that they can get. And uh, we got to take that, I think, as fans. We deserve some entertainment. We deserve a few games like this. And I'm glad that this team is capable of providing them under Martin Saint-Louis. I enjoyed that thoroughly. Uh, I hope everybody else did as well. I know it hurts the tank chances, but, uh, you know, Florida's not looking so good. So if they miss the playoffs, we're going to have two lottery picks anyways. And uh, who knows? Maybe maybe the Habs can surprise us a little bit. Uh, I'm not expecting playoffs, but if, if, if they... If they can show a little bit more of this throughout the course of the season against some of the weaker teams, it's going to give you, at the very least, it's going to give the players some confidence that they can go out there and compete within the next couple of years. They don't necessarily have to be in the midst of a six, seven, eight year rebuild, right? It'd be nice to know that the rebuild could be a little bit quicker than we maybe anticipated it to be. The God of Mischief is back and better than ever. Loki. 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 Wow. Great to see you again. Critics agree. Loki season two is marvelous. Great. And it's finally here. How much do you know? Let's assume I don't know much. A mind-bending adventure. Spectacularly cinematic. I've been waiting for a moment like this. It surpasses all expectations. A little over the top, don't you think? I thought it was spot on. Loki season two. Now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. Now, back to uh, the performances of the game. Uh, I mean, it, it, it was tough to pick a player of the game in this one. Honestly, I was tempted to go with Arbor Jacki. I mean, that fight was something. He pummeled Zach Cassian. And the reason I wanted to come back to that fight so badly is because everybody should remember last year, right, when Cassian was with the Oilers and he ran over Samuel Montembeau behind the net. 
and nobody did fuck all. Everybody just kind of stood around looking at each other. Nobody wanted to go after him. He didn't have to go anywhere near a Habs goalie this time. I don't know what happened. I think he was just jousting with Jacki a little bit, and Jacki was like, you want to go? And he was like, yeah, I do. And that was the wrong decision, my friend. You chose poorly. You do not want to be in the sheriff's kitchen. <laughs> and that that kind of tempted me to, to make him my player of the game just because we didn't have that last year. We, we saw, and I think anybody who listens to this podcast heard how upset I was with that. And... To, to know now that we have somebody who can actually take care of that for us, um, take care of that side of things, it's it's comforting. And, and it feels good to know that he's out there having everybody's back. So, um, But I, I, I just can't give him player of the game. I got to give that to Uri Slavkovsky. He was the first star in the Bell Center on the night, and he was absolutely fantastic. Um, this was easily his best game so far. He was everywhere. Um, <laughs> Jared Book... Uh, my buddy from Eyes on the Prize, he made a joke that, you know, it's maybe it's a good thing that uh, Uri Slavkovsky is getting a little bit of a taste for the AHL tonight against the uh, Arizona Coyotes. Let's face it, they're about, you know, maybe one of the better teams in the AHL if they played down there. Uh, but, uh, again, I've said this multiple times, I, I do think he's going to be going down at some point uh, before those nine games are up. But this is a heck of a way uh, to get your first goal, to, to get it on a chance that you created completely for yourself, right? T- takes that high hit up in the, the upper part of the zone near the blue line, shakes it off, gets the turnover, just wheels and snipes. I mean, he created that opportunity 100% for himself. He, it's not like he was a passenger there and somebody else fed him an easy goal. He 100% generated his own offense there. And you got to love that. That is a great sign from him moving forward. Um, if he can start doing that a little bit more consistently, you know, he might even be able to convince the coaching staff to keep him around a little bit past those nine games. Uh, that being said, I do, as I have said many times, believe that they are going to send him down and try to benefit from that ELC slide this season. Um, either way, great game from him. Uh, amazing first goal. Uh, very big fan of his, and I look forward to seeing more from him in the future it was great too because after he got the goal uh, I don't know if everybody saw this Josh Brown the guy who hit him with the high hit up in the top of the zone um, he was looking him right in the eyes and going woo fuck off and it was amazing he got to clown the guy that hit him on top of scoring his first NHL goal just a great moment great moment um, there was quite a few other really good performances as well I mean Brendan Gallagher was buzzing out there uh, it was tempting to give him player of the game as well. Absolutely buzzing. Uh, he's a guy who had a lot of bad luck last year. A lot of bad luck. Expected goals, I think, would have had him scoring considerably more than he did. I, I can go back and check the numbers and see exactly how much. But like he, he had a bad, bad, bad season in terms of puck luck. And he deserves to get a turnaround. He's a guy who is definitely prime for a turnaround and seems like he's playing in a manner that should facilitate a bit of a turnaround for him in terms of points. So great to see. Uh, he's locked up for a few more years, so they're, they're going to want more production out of him. And uh, I don't think he's a guy that they're going to be looking to trade at the deadline. So he's somebody that they want to see turn it around and get back to producing, and it looks like he's on his way to doing that, which is great news. I uh, can't say enough about it. And then Nick Suzuki, man. First of all, just the ability to earn a penalty shot while killing a penalty is incredible. That doesn't happen very often. And the way that he scored doing the Datsuk move, holy shit, that was gorgeous. 
I mean, the TSN broadcast, I was watching on RDS, but the TSN broadcast, somebody put a highlight of it up on Twitter, and they had the sound from TSN, and they didn't even make a goal call, really. It was just both guys, like uh, Mike Johnson on color and whoever it was they had doing the play-by-play. They just went, oh! That's all you can really do on a goal like that. You, you just react to it. It's it's difficult to even do a goal call when you're, when you're a, a fan of the game because you see something that pretty on a penalty shot. I mean, the the absolute balls to pull off a move like that. That's why he's the captain. I mean, it's was well, it's one of the reasons why he's the captain anyways. I think he's got the respect of the room as well. But, like, he's just supremely talented. And uh, he got to show a little bit of that flair on that penalty shot. Um, I hope he gets more penalty shots. Or at least I hope they get into some shootouts this season so he can show off some more of those moves. Because, man, he can really dangle when he gets in alone on a goaltender like that with space. And uh, it's it, it's fun. It's fun to watch. I'm, I'm in for fun this season. Uh, who else? Caden Gooley had a really good game. Uh, Jordan Harris had a really good game as well. Uh, I was impressed with both of those guys. Again, it's... <laughs> I keep saying this. I feel like I'm a broken record at this point. It's going to be tough for them to decide who is the odd man out when Matheson and um, and Joel Edmondson are back from their injuries. It's, it's going to be really tough. I, I don't think any of the three rookies has done anything so far that says they deserve to be taken out of the lineup. It would be one thing if you saw a couple of rookies that were like having, you know, bad game after bad game, and you can kind of point to one of them and say, well, he's having consecutive bad games. None of them have had consecutive bad games. They've all been good in their own way. Um, so it's, it's, it's going to be a really tough call. Really tough call. Um, aside from that, you know, Sean Monahan getting the empty net goal, pad those stats, baby. Keep padding those stats. If he's on the move at the deadline, you know, I want it to be for another first. We've already got one first out of him. Let's make it two. And, you know, nobody's going to look back at his at his stats and go, oh, well, you got three empty net goals in the... Uh, not that he doesn't have three empty net goals yet, but let's say he gets a couple more empty netters. And, you know, pad the stats, baby. Pad those stats. Let's Give us a little bit extra just to, to sell you with at the deadline. And then maybe we could sell you to a real contender and get you a shot at a Stanley Cup. Um, the, the more I think about it, the, the less I think that there's a possibility of him re-signing with Montreal. I mean, the, the only possibility I think really at this point would be like if they somehow snuck into the playoffs and, and they can't trade him because they're in a playoff position at the deadline. But I don't think that's going to happen. So I think he's on his, on his way out. But, you know, it, the, the more he does, the more we have the ability, or Ken Hughes rather, has the ability to sell him to a top contender. Get, it, get yourself a chance at, at a Stanley Cup, man. He, I think he deserves it. Uh, you know, he toiled away in Calgary. He's had a bunch of surgeries. And if he is, you know, back to complete health and he's not going to have any more injury issues, let's find him a home where he can go and get himself a ring, right? And then who knows? Maybe, maybe they can re-sign him, bring him back as a UFA. If he really wants to thank us, he could give us a team-friendly deal to come back when we're actually ready to do something. And last, but certainly not least we got to talk about Cole Caulfield uh Caulfield could have had two or three in this game no problem I'll conservatively say he could have had two easy three might have been a bit more of a challenge but he could have had two no problem um he was absolutely dynamic there was a play in what the third period I think it was if you go over to Scott Matlas Twitter feed he has it on his Twitter uh the highlight he goes into the offensive zone just slams on the brakes and 
breaks Josh Brown's ankles in the process, sends him tumbling to the ice. Um, Jesus, this kid is good. This kid is good. He's really good. And I, you, you guys know I've been doing the countdown. We got 36 to go. We're at four goals, and we're only five games in. If he doesn't hit 40, I'm going to eat my goddamn keyboard. This, this, guy's, this guy's hitting 40. Uh, the question is when, and the question is how far beyond 40 does he go at this point. We got 36 left, folks. The countdown is at 36. Cole Caulfield, elite sniper. Man, is he fun to watch. I'm going to cut it off there. Uh, I think I've been rambling long enough about that game. That was fun. That was fun. And again, I want to speak directly to anybody who listens who's on Team Tank and wants us to lose as many games as possible. I understand. Uh, I get where you're coming from 100%. But if, if you watched that game against Arizona, you tell me. Is there really a shot that we lose more games than that team? I don't think there is. So I think, you know, as much as we do want them to to get a better draft position, even if it's not number one, you, you want to finish low enough that you got a shot at two or three or four or five. I, I think, again, as I mentioned before, we deserve a little bit of fun. And that game was fun. So when you get something like that, you know, let's just try to enjoy it. Um, as much as it hurts the tank, it's we deserve it. We deserve it. We fucking deserve it. After going through last year and and not having any fun whatsoever until it was way too late and Marty St. Louis turned it around a little bit and gave us, you know, a bit of a taste of what we could see in the future. Now this this team looks way better than they were last year. Good enough to compete? No. But when they give you a game like that, let's just try to enjoy it. So what are we running? Uh, well, we're, we're running about 18 minutes. So c'est une soirée énorme pour les employés de soutien. Uh, we're on Spotify. Google Play, Apple, Megaphone. I am on Twitter at DrakeMT. Drop me a follow. I would appreciate it very much. Thank you, as always, for listening. And don't forget, 36 to go. À la prochaine. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.